stuff and look straight to Jesus and say, I'm going to keep my eyes on you because I know the devil's there, the enemy's there, demonic powers are there. We've talked about it in Ephesians. We wrestle against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. So we know it's there, and we know that its desire is to kill us. But hallelujah, we've got one that goes beyond all that, a warrior in the clouds that has his eyes on us, and that arrow is pointing right at us. So as we worship this morning, as you're praying for whatever the need might be, unsaved loved ones, whatever it might be, keep those things in your mind and heart to say, Jesus, you know me, I know you, I am in the palm of your hand, and nothing's going to pluck me out of the palm of your hand, and everything I need is in the name of Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. Let's stand together. Pastor Steve, just continue to lead us, continue to worship, and uh, elders, you may come down front if you need any prayer this morning. You, that, that demonic face is attacking you, and you're saying, I don't know, it's getting pretty scary, I need to agree with somebody, where any two or three agree is touching anything, he's there in the midst, and I believe that he can undertake in every situation. Let's open our hearts to him. Oh, 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 oh,
sweating and they had scuff marks on their face and some one had a bloody lip, one had a bloody nose. And you would think, it's not a boxing match, it's, it, it's a wrestling match, but that close combat, that close wrestling, uh, really it left marks and it's, and it's difficult. I, I bring that up because we are wrestling folks. The, the Christian walk is not just tiptoe through the tollups, right? It's not a, a bed of roses, it's not a bowl of cherry. When you're a believer, you wrestle. And we're going to find out more about how we wrestle with the sword of the spirit here later on. But it is a wrestling match. Thank the Lord, it's a victorious wrestling match. But it is a wrestling match. This is close quarter combat. This is hand-to-hand -hand grappling. That's what it is. It's with, this, with ourselves, with the spirit realm. It's close quarters. We're going to see later on that the sword uh, that, that the Romans had was not like a long four-foot or five-foot sword. It was a short sword. And that little short sword was used for battle. They would start with the spears. When the spears were done, they went close. They used shields and everything else. And then finally, it's, it's the short sword right at the enemy within hand striking distance. So, so that's, that's where we're at. We're grappling, we're grappling, we're grappling. So, several points this morning. Uh, we're going to see, first of all, that as Paul links these two things, I think it's very important. We're going to see, number one, that the word is linked to the mind. The word is linked to the mind. He says the helmet of salvation, which is the brain, the mind, and the sword of the spirit. So the first thing we see is that the word is linked to the mind. The helmet speaks of that which protects the head. And uh, we've said it before, we'll say it again. The battlefield for the believer is in the mind. That's where it's at. I, I, I said, uh, I, I'll mention this probably a little bit later. Before church, Tommy came by and said, hey, I know you. And I said, oh, I don't know. I think it's just in your, uh, in your imagination. And he said, oh, the imagination is a terrible thing. <laughs> Love of a pedophile. 
come up with all these mushy emotional things that don't do anything but cause problems because the mind is the battlefield. It's a war zone that has to be controlled by the word of God, not by the feeling or not by sensation, not by any of those things. It has to be controlled by something greater. Matter of fact, when you go back to the parable of Jesus, the sower of the seed, and he says, the sower went forth and he took the same good seed. There wasn't different types of seed. He took the same good seed, he threw it on the ground, he scattered it, and it hit four types of ground. First was the wayside, and the birds came and took it. And then it was the stony places, because it had no root. And then it was the thorns, and they all got choked out. Finally, the good ground, and it produced 30, 60, and 100 fold. Thankfully, later on, he explained the parable for us, and he said, the first one with the birds, it's the wicked one who comes and snatches the seed. All of the wiles of the devil, right? right. You got to put on the whole armor of God to withstand the wiles and the schemes as he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So it snatches it. The stony places, Jesus said, that's the places of tribulation and offense, when people take offense. Now, you know what I said about offense before a long time ago, right? If you're offended, go to Lowe's, buy a ladder, get over it. The thorns choked. Jesus said the, 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 that seed on the thorns was choked out by the cares and deceitfulness of life. The cares. All of those things, taking offense, the cares and deceitfulness, all occurs up here in the mind. So the helmet and the sword, I believe, are linked together because the mind under, has to be under the control of the word because you cannot control your mind with your mind. You cannot subjugate your confused mind with the same confused mind. It won't work. You can't subjugate your mind. You can't control it with good thoughts or positive thinking or positive emotions. I need a power that is greater than my mind to control my mind. And that greater power we're going to see is the Word of God. So, I believe Paul specifically links this word to the mind. The word and, this, and, and, and the, the, the mind are linked together. And that's because I believe the second point is that the word is personal. The word is personal. And Paul does a really interesting thing here. He's very intricate in how he talks and how he writes in Scripture. And he hides a tiny little truth in these words. The word for the word of God uh, in verse 17, the helm does the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. That word for word there is not logos. Now, you've all heard that word logos before. It's the, the general word for word. The word became flesh. The word, Logos, became flesh. Uh, Jesus is the word, the Logos. But he inserts a different word here. He inserts the word rhema. And a lot of you have probably heard this in the past. He inserts the word rhema. Simply put, Logos is basically scripture, a general word for everybody. Rhema is a specific word. One of the best examples of this in scripture is, I love this one, good old Peter. Uh, he, he's such a great example or example maker. But in Mark, the 14th chapter, remember what Jesus said about the rooster crowing and Peter denying. And the word says, and the rooster crowed, and Peter called to mind the word, the rhema that Jesus said to him. In other words, it was a word not for John or Luke or Mark. Or it was a word for Peter. He said, here's my word for you, Peter. You're going to deny me. And, and, and then the word says, before the rooster crows twice, you'll deny me three times. And when he thought about it, he wept. 
the definition of rhema. It is what the Lord speaks to you in a particular situation. Logos is the general word of God that communicates his ability to do something or a general will in his matter. Rhema is the word the Holy Spirit quickens to a specific person for a specific situation. How many has that happened to in your life? I'm telling you what, there are times I thank God that it does. The Holy Spirit quickens something. I, I like what one writer, one writer says. He put it this way. Logos is a well of water, while rhema is a bowl of water taken from that well. Or logos is a piano keyboard, while rhema is a single key played on that keyboard. So logos and rhema are always aligned in the word. They're always together. But I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to speak a word to each of us. So here's, here's how we get to the main point then. I, I believe this is why Paul inserted the word rhema there. He said, you're in a battle. You know, your battle is different than my battle. You, you may be in a physical battle with an illness. You may be in a, in a spiritual battle against some form of wickedness. You may be in some other type of battle. I don't know what your battle is. I don't know, you don't know what my battle is. But thank God Jesus knows our battle. And he speaks his word to us in the midst of that situation. So here's where we get to the main point of the message, I believe, and that is that the Word of God is not really meant for you and I to run around wildly flailing, you know, with the Bible, wildly flailing. I believe it's a personal thing. The Word is personal, and I believe that the power of this Word becomes personal inside of us when we receive His Word. Let me give you a good example of this as we speak about the helmet. Once again, Paul says in verse 13, take up the armor. Verse 16, same word, take up the armor. But in verse 17, when he says, take the helmet of salvation, he changes the word again. Paul always changes words to make it what he wants it to be. He changed the word to decoline, which means receive, receive. It does not mean to take. First Corinthians 2, the natural man does not receive the things of the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 11, by faith the heart of the rain hath perished, not with them that believe not, for she had received the spies with peace. So this reception comes, means to receive, to grant access to, to give ear to, to learn. You say, what does this all mean then? With the helmet of salvation, I do not take my salvation, I receive my salvation. I do not initiate my salvation, I grant God access to my open heart, and salvation occurs. I do not start the conversation, I give ear to his rhema voice. I do not teach him, I learn his ways. Want to go a little bit deeper? James, the first chapter, verse 21. Receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which is able to save your souls. The helmet of salvation becomes active and alive when I receive his word into my spirit. And then it begins to change this cruddy old head up here. I believe, I believe, I firmly believe that 99% of our problems are between our ears. If not 100%. 99% of them. How we think. The further we move away from the Word of God and think incorrectly, the further we move away from that which is true, honest, just, pure, lovely, virtuous, of a good report, anything praiseworthy, the further we move from that, the more trouble we begin to have. The helmet begins to get a little bit cocked and it starts to fall off. We need that helmet on tight and it comes by the word. And, and so, so we take the word and we receive the word. I believe one of the greatest things you can do at, at, in your walk right now, you say, well, I, how do I do that? How do I, how do I, what do you mean receive the word? I, I don't know if I understand it. Here's what you do. 
place, any place in your life, under a tree, out back, or somewhere in, in, your, in your prayer closet, whatever, and do this. I, I guarantee you, just do this. Go like this. Just do that. And then go like this. Take your finger, turn your head, and go like that. Find the verse that you're on, and start reading. And don't read a lot. Just read a little bit. Just read a verse or two. And then stop and say, Holy Spirit, make that true to me. I open my heart and my mind to you. Speak your servant ears. Do that. I know you're all looking at me like I'm crazy. Do that and you're going to find amazing things are going to happen. I guarantee you, I guarantee you that you could open that Bible and drop your finger on one of the genealogies. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit will start quickening things to your mind. Maybe you don't quicken something to your mind and you'll say, you know what, this looks like nothing much has happened here. But if you read through that list of names, you'll realize that I have my finger on every one of those names down through history. And guess what? I have my finger on you too. You can read through scripture and he will speak to you every time. But what happens then is our brains begin to change. We begin to change the channel. We begin to change the tune. We begin to change the thought process. We begin to change the attitudes. And they begin to come in line with the word of God. So the helmet and the word linked together, the salvation of the word linked together, makes it personal to us. And then finally, the word begins to bring his victory. And this is the best part. But here's the first part of this thing about bringing victory, is there is a pattern to the training and the use of this sword short. As I mentioned earlier, we just don't take the sword and run around and flail it and try to kill whatever we can. No, no, there's a pattern to how it's used. And the pattern is, remember, verse 11 of, it, of Ephesians, right? I opened my Bible now, I don't know where I am, because I did a finger test. But Ephesians, was it verse 11? Uh, verse, verse 12, before we wrestle out against principalities and powers. This is one place where Paul mentions it, and then the other place he mentions it, which is very important, 2 Corinthians, Corinthians, the 10th chapter, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. Where, where do imaginations grow? In the brain. We sit there and we think about all the negative things we can think about, and then we cause them to grow, and we make them stronger, and we make them stronger, and we add to them, and we build walls and strongholds all from our imaginations outside the Word of God. So he says, imagination, and every high thing that exalts itself against God, and bringing into captivity every thought. Don't say amen and say, oh my. <laughs> Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Then he says this, and this is why here's the pattern. Here's the pattern. Then he says, and being ready to punish all disobedience, there's not a period there. There's a last little prepositional phrase. After your obedience is fulfilled. <laughs> How many are there? 
Keep your hands down because we'll stop you. <laughs> ready to punish, ready to use the word, ready to use the sword after my obedience is fulfilled. Now, I don't believe that means until you get perfect because it couldn't possibly mean that. But I believe that in every situation, Father, thank you. I've got this. I understand it. I know why I did what I did. I'm walking in it now. Okay. Now I'm ready to punish. But I have but the enemy. But I, but I have to do it to, to me first. Hebrews, the fourth chapter, same thing. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. How do you divide a thought and an intention? Only the word of God can do that. Only the word of God can go into my thoughts and my intentions and put a finger on one of them and say, no, that's wrong, David. And then put a finger on the other one and say, that's right. Only the Holy Spirit can do that through the power of his word. The thoughts and the intentions of our hearts and nothing is hidden before his sight. So you say, well, what does this all mean? Very simply, victory over the devil begins when we first gain consistent victory over ourselves. When we take this wonderful short sword of the Holy Spirit and turn it on ourselves willingly and openly and allowing it to cut inside of us and do what he wants to do. We have to willingly allow Harry Carey, spiritual Harry Carey, with the sword of the Spirit inside of us. And when we do that, that's going to begin to bring victory over the flesh because it changes our mind. And here's the good thing about the Word of God. It's not a sword that kills. It's a surgical tool. It will divide the joints in you that you don't even know you have yet. It will separate the bone from the marrow at the deepest point of your being. It will separate the thoughts and the intentions of your heart. It will separate all of those wrong imaginations that live between your ears. It will separate and tear down all the strongholds that are around you. Every high thing that begins to exalt itself, that starts in a corrupt mind and a deceived heart, the Holy Spirit will use his word to penetrate in there like a sharp surgical instrument and deal death to any of those things. But here's the good news. That it also cuts as it goes in and it cuts as it comes out. You cannot escape its authority. You cannot determine where it's going to go and when it's going to go. It goes in and it comes out. But the good thing is, as it cuts, it also heals. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We allow the word of God to penetrate in our hearts, to cut through our wrong thinking, to slice off all that is wrong, to divide asunder all the other things we trust in. And as we do that, that same sword is like a fiery sword that cauterizes the wound and immediately heals and brings beauty and brings joy and brings peace and brings prosperity and brings blessing. As he cuts away that which is not of him, he replaces everything that is of him, and that's why it's a two-inch sword. Right. So this helmet of salvation that we wear starts by receiving the word, and as we receive the word, the word goes inside of us, into our open, engrafted, implanted word inside of us, and it begins to change our mind, the way we think and the way we act. And then all of a sudden, this word starts to bring about victory inside of us. And then, and then, as the word brings victory over us, because how many know the biggest battle you have is probably not the devil, it's you. <laughs> the biggest, I would love, oh, I love, I just love those movies like The Exorcist and all those kind of movies where demons come and start attacking you. Oh, that would be so wonderful if, that's, if it was that easy. Yeah. It would be so easy if a 10-foot demon just 
walked in here with a flaming sword. We just all cursed him right now. We'd be done already. Tomorrow morning, I gotta get up with me. The biggest demon that there is. I gotta get up with me. I gotta contend with Adam's nature in me 24 hours a day. I gotta contend with Adam's thoughts in me, in my brain, all day long. But the good news is that as we begin to see this obedience in our lives, as the sword begins to change our spirits and our hearts, as our minds begin to change, and we begin to see victory over ourselves and over the things around us, then this brings victory over the devil and his schemes. After we have learned to live a lifestyle of obedience, we take this short sword and we turn it on the devil. We take the sword, bloody with our own blood and with the blood of the Lamb. For do we not overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony? And we love not our lives unto death. In other words, Jesus, take everything out of me that is not of you and leave nothing inside of me that is of me. It's all you. We take the sword that was thrust into our own belly and we turn it on the devil and we thrust it into his belly. But this time, devil, it doesn't heal you. It only kills you. Hallelujah. Every attack of the devil is met by a thrust of this sword. Every lie that is, is, is given to us is met by a thus saith the word of God. And as we thrust that sword into the devil, every lie from the father of lies crumbles into darkness. Every deception falls into nothing. Every heartache turns into joy. Every despair turns into dancing. Every mourning turns into joy. All the ashes turn into beauty. Everything changes when we use this word against the enemy of our souls. But I'm telling you what, my friend, God's looking for a group of people in these last days that will take this sword of the Spirit and allow it to carve out everything that is not in Him. And then as we turn it on the devil, we see victory after victory after victory after victory over the enemy. It's, it's a battle. It's a battle. You may think you got into this thing because it's easy. It's not easy. You may think you got into this thing because it's just your ticket to heaven. It ain't. It is a ticket to heaven. Hallelujah. But boy, you better you better be ready all along the way because it's a pathway that's filled with the wiles and the deceptions of the devil. And only those who have tuned their hearts to the Holy Spirit and allowed the sword of the Spirit to do its job inside of them. That's where it's at. Those will be the ones. Not perfect. Oh, no, far from perfect. Not perfect, but submitted, yielded, and always saying, Holy Spirit, take that surgical tool and just cut where you need to cut. Do what you need to do. And I'll tell you what, folks, uh, it, 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 there is a lot of cutting to do. There's a lot of cutting to do in me. There's a lot of cutting to do in you. There's a lot of cutting to do in the body right now. But I believe he's doing that. He is faithful. He is faithful to cut into what is not of him and release the power and the authority that comes through that. This is our hands. Father, I thank you for your, your word, the word of the Spirit. Where would we be without this? We, we would all be running around doing what the Bible says. Everybody doing what's right in their own eyes. We don't want to do that. I don't want to do what's right in my own eyes because I know how deceptive that is. I don't want to do what's right in my own mind. I, I want the mind of Christ, your word says. That should be the goal of every believer. To say, Holy Spirit, take this word, the sword of the Spirit. I receive the salvation that it brings to my mind as it cleanses me, 
as it purges me, as it makes me holy. And as it does that, oh my goodness, the authority and the power that we have over the enemy is unbelievable. Every fiery dart that comes our way that the shield quenches, we immediately thrust with that sword from behind the shield. And we watch the devil die every time. We watch the demons flee every time. We watch that stronghold come down every time. It may not come down immediately. It may take time. But we watch that imagination go. We watch that stronghold fall. We watch that enemy run. We know, Father, that when the enemy comes at us in one direction, he's going to flee in seven different directions because of your word. Your word. We thank you for it, Father. We receive it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's stand together. What did David say? By word have I hid where? salvation. 